Kit McCarty here, welcoming you to Now I See, a podcast where people of vision share their eye-opening experiences that helped them shift focus, gain perspective, and see themselves and their world in a whole new way. We invite you to pull up a chair to the conversational table, pour yourself a drink, and enjoy our show. We're hoping our time together will encourage, elevate, and engage you toward your own eye-opening moments. Today's guest is Brenda Milam. Welcome, Brenda, to Now I See. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Brenda taught elementary education for 30 years, the last six of which were focused on students with dyslexia and other reading challenges. She's married. Together, they have a daughter and a son, five grandchildren, and a fur baby named Quincy. Brenda retired in 2019 during the COVID pandemic. We'll be talking more about that in our show today. Brenda, I see you as artistic, adventurous, resourceful, resilient, compassionate, and a great listener, which gives people the freedom to open up and share deep things. But today, you're going to be doing all the talking, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say. How do you see yourself? Wow. Uh, I see myself very adventurous. I wasn't always adventurous. Came from a, not a background where, you know, you were to behave and do your things, but I was always kind of one that kind of pushed the rules and that kind of thing as a youngster. Uh, And then I met my second husband, and the adventuring really began after meeting him, and uh, so his goal every year for Christmas is to give me some adventure to go on. So I have jumped out of an airplane. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I won't do that again, though. <laughs> you only need to do it once and live to tell about it. And live to tell about it, yes. So uh, zip lining. Just, which is fun. Which is fun. We've had motorcycles and just all kinds of things. So. And you've done all kinds of travel. You've come yeah. to some great places. Tell me yeah. about some of those. Well, uh, our most recent was to the Grand Canyon. We were in Arizona visiting my daughter. And we had bought e-bikes, and we actually got to ride around the rim of the Grand Canyon on those e-bikes. Wow. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah, I walked it. E-bikes might have been a little <laughs> more fun. <laughs> it, was, it was a long trip, but yeah. it was a lot of fun. We yeah, enjoyed it. that's great. That's great. All right. So um, who helped shape your view of yourself? Or maybe it was circumstances. Who or what helped shape that view? Probably uh, I had an elementary music teacher, Miss Kennedy, who is still around these days. And uh, she was the first person who taught me how to play an instrument. She was our, she had just graduated from college and she was brand new to our school and we had just started the band program and she was the originator of that and taught me how to play clarinet. And um, then in during music class, she also would have us sing and that kind of thing. And growing up in the church that I did, we did not have instruments. And so I learned how to sing harmony, and it came very naturally to me. And so we would be singing whatever children's song or whatever, and I would sing harmony to it just naturally. And I remember one day she was playing the piano, and then she just stopped and looked around and saw. She's like, Who? who's singing the harmony part? I was embarrassed. Because I just thought everybody did that, and I wouldn't own up to it. And finally, she goes, Brenda, is that you? And I said, yes. And so she pulled me up on the bench with her in front of everybody, you know, what you shouldn't do. And not that I was shy or introverted, as you know. Uh, (laughs) But that was really just one of those things that was like, but she really encouraged that in me. And I went on to do some things as a high school student because of her encouragement and, um, gave me a really good solid background for music. 
That's amazing to me that someone was able to bring out of you the ability to stand on your own and to um, be different if that's what it took. And uh, so you have made some choices that have certainly (laughs) made you stand out on your own and be a little different. And we're going to explore some of those in uh, greater detail today. As we think about our topic today, life in transition, your life has taken some pretty dramatic turns. Yes. (laughs) Should I feed you the bullet points or do you you want to tell your own story? Oh, wow. Transition. Well, I, I am, I've been divorced, uh, and that was a huge transition, just trying to figure out my way as a single person who was an older single person at the time, in my 50s. Um, and then also just transitioning out of a career during a pandemic uh, was very difficult. Uh, I never got to say goodbye to my students. We left for spring break, and I never saw them again. I hate that for you. And uh, and the teachers that you worked with, too. Yes. You didn't get to say goodbye. Yes. Did you ever? Did you get a chance to oh, go back yes. and do something later? I, I went back one month and tutored for a little while, and I, I would see students occasionally. And, Good. of course, we couldn't run and hug each other like right. we really wanted to, but um, we could wave enthusiastically, <laughs> and uh, just we were glad to see each other. Uh, I will have to say, though, uh, my husband did plan a really nice, small surprise party for me with just some close friends that I had taught with. And also one of my uh, students' parents was there to celebrate at a restaurant. I just thought he and I were going out to dinner, and there they were. So that was really fun. So I I got to have a little celebration for my retirement. Some closure. I mean, 30 years is a huge chunk of your life, giving the best of yourselves to others. And uh, to not be able to celebrate that as you deserved must have been very hard. So I'm glad your husband found a way to do that. Bill is good about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and to honor, to honor the gift that you gave, not only to your students, but to the community. So so appreciate that. So um, also in that process of life-changing things, a divorce and a remarriage and a retirement, you are also downsizing, and your your life is taking a different direction. You want to talk a little bit about that journey? Sure. Because I'm fascinated <laughs> by this. I just can't get my head around it. When I met Bill and we started dating, um, he was big on, so what is your dream? What If you could do anything, what is your dream? And as a teacher, I thought I was living my dream, if you will. And I really had never given much thought to doing anything outside of that. And um, he began to talk about what if someday we just like traveled in a travel trailer and just go and explore the world and do different things. And that was very exciting to me because one of the things I always wanted to do as a kid is travel. My parents, uh, after they both retired, joined this travel group. And uh, I was always jealous of all the places they were getting to go and thought that would never be anything that I would be able to do. And so we began to figure out how we could do that. And so we lived in a three-story townhome, and it was just the two of us and a dog. And the third floor we never went to, and the first floor basically was just the garage and the laundry room, and then we lived on the second floor. That's where we were when we were home. And so we began to look at what it would cost us and began to make a plan of, What do we do if we sell this place and we get rid of a lot of this stuff? Because both of us are kind of minimalistic. We don't like a lot of stuff. And so we began to make that happen. And um, we 
talked with the realtor that uh, Bill had used before when he owned another home. And uh, she began to set us on a path and made it happen pretty quickly. But in the process of that, I am on Facebook Marketplace and I am selling furniture, selling things. I'm giving stuff away and stuff. <laughs> We're just like on the curb and people are showing up because they know what day the trash is coming. And so by the time it all ended, all that we had left was what would fit into a one bedroom, one bath apartment. About eight hundred and fifty square feet. So we had gone from about twenty five hundred to less than a thousand. And um a lot of people thought we'd lost our minds, that y'all are crazy. <laughs> kind of one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure that they thought our marriage would survive that. And uh, we've loved it. We've enjoyed having that. But we also have amenities. We live in an apartment, obviously. Uh, but we have a lot of amenities that we like to use because mm-hmm. we like to sit outside. We have a little yard for our dog. We have a little fire pit that we pull off the porch. And our friends come over and we sit around at night and talk and just invo- enjoy the conversation and that kind of thing. So uh, that has been two years we have done that. And in the process, even just last week, we're in the process of buying a fifth wheel. And we have the big truck that's going to haul that thing around. And we we haven't figured out where we're going to land first. We think we're going to stay local just to kind of get our legs of the RV life. We've done a lot of research using YouTube. There's a lot of people out there doing it. And um, so we're looking forward to being able to travel just wherever we want to go. Our My daughter lives in Arizona, and so we don't want to be there in the summer. No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, kind of our goal is to always be able to wear shorts, T-shirt, and flip-flops year-round. That sounds like a glorious <laughs> benefit. And also the flexibility of being able to pick up and move as, yes. as the mood would strike. So travel is one of the benefits of downsizing. Yes. Are there others? There are. Um, I have taken on a new interest because once I retired, there was the whole idea of now what do I do? Right. So you have all this time and no stuff. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, it only takes about an hour, hour and a half to clean the entire apartment from top to bottom. (laughs) (laughs) And and then what? And um, there were four teachers that I retired with. And one of our teachers, the job that we were in could be very, very stressful. Mm -hmm. And so uh, she had found something before retirement that kind of helped her to relax and calm down. And that was to start doing watercolor lessons. And she found a small company in Missouri. I'll do a little shout out to (laughs) letsmakeart.com. And uh, she said, well, you know, we could we could all start watercolor painting together. We can't meet each other's house, but we've all been doing Zoom meetings now for a while. So we could just all meet on Zoom and do it together and have the lesson like on a computer. So there was a lot of technology even still involved, just trying to relax. But, <laughs> but I had my keeps on my phone, and then I had the lesson in my ears uh, and watching it on my computer. And um, that was a year ago. And that was something that I had no idea that I would enjoy. I've not ever had an artistic bone in my body as far as visual uh, art. But uh, that has really taken off, and I've really enjoyed it. Well, and I've enjoyed it, too, because you've been posting pictures (laughs) of your paintings online, and they're gorgeous. 
Do you have any favorite pieces? I do. I painted, uh, it's in monocolor, this old truck. And I thought this one's going to be really, really hard to do. And uh, I took my time, and it was one of those I did by myself because I couldn't meet with the group on the day that we were supposed to do that. And it had turned out really, really well. And so what I do with that one, because I do put them on Facebook, I use them also now as my birthday cards. So Sweet. when someone has a birthday, because I figured out, oh, I can edit this, and I can put text on top of it. And um, so, like, for guys, they'll probably get that painting with a happy birthday <laughs> note. But I actually did paint a happy birthday with three cupcakes the other day where I did some lettering on it. But that one is probably my favorite. I've also done an eagle that turned out really well. And my friend Cheryl is very, her and her husband, very patriotic. And she said, I, I have to have that one. And she took it and framed it and it's hanging in her house very proudly, which is neat. Uh, I've had people contact me and ask me, how much are you selling that one for? Uh, because I'm so new at this and I'm not, I don't really sell my paintings. I'm just like, if you'll just give me your address, I'll just mail it to you. Oh my. Uh, <laughs> I have done that. And that I have, there are some that I have yeah. said, uh, okay, how about this? They're like, oh yes, okay. And I'll just mail it. It, it just covers my cost for materials sure. to, to mail it. But, you know, it just brings joy to other people. And so that's been a really neat thing. I love doing artistic projects too. Um, part of it is because it's just a stress reliever and, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to express yourself artistically. But when you're able to share that with somebody else, either on Facebook or by giving them the gift, then the blessing is, you know, multiplied. Mm -hmm. And so that's so much fun. this question, what is your dream? When Brenda Milam dared to dream, her life took some surprising and exciting turns that would change her life forever. She learned to let go of things from the past to make way for a brand new future. And in the process, she got so much more. Maybe you find yourself in transition. Or maybe you're stuck in a rut and wish you could find your way out. As teachers are wont to do, Brenda not only asks the question, but supplies good answers. Stay tuned to discover the secret to finding your dream and living it. If you would like to continue this conversation with Brenda and me after this episode is over, you can do that on Facebook, Kit McCarty, NIS, or at the Now I See website at nis.media. Be sure to check our show notes for links and a list of recommended resources. Now, back to our show. doing artistic projects too um part of it is because it's just a stress reliever and mm -hmm. you know to be able to express yourself artistically but when you're able to share that with somebody else either on Facebook or by giving them the gift then the blessing is you know multiplied mm -hmm. and so that's so much fun well let's circle back to the downsizing um any regrets you know I'm gonna say no that's what I was hoping you would say. <laughs> As I think about accepting the challenge of doing it for myself, yes. I'm wondering, are there certain things on this? So it's good to hear you say no. Go ahead and yeah, explain. Yeah, because there's less to dust. Yes. Uh, our garage is not 
full of boxes. We actually park a car in the garage. <gasps> Who does that? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a one-car garage, too. But I would say not. I mean, we have everything we need. And just not having so much to manage has been such a blessing to us because we don't have to worry about if we something happens to the couch. Oh, well, that's okay because there's one in the RV. Sure. And, you know, or just different things. And so we don't have anything in storage. So we're not paying a monthly fee to keep stuff that we're not using, that we never look at, that, you know. I will say we had um, not a moment, but we had a time where we went out to the garage and we both had like our yearbooks from, and I had mine from elementary, middle school, high school, and college. And Bill had his from high school. And he said, okay. We can't carry this in the trailer because it's too heavy. Because those things, I mean, they're heavy. they're heavy. And he said, I think we should go through them and take pictures of the things that we want to have. And then we're going to have to get rid of the rest of it. Wow. And we sat, we brought them all back into the apartment. And we sat, I don't know, maybe a couple of nights just going through and enjoying them. And we hadn't done, we hadn't looked at them in years. Right. Who and does? Yeah, and we took pictures, and then our children gave us the most amazing gift this last Christmas called an Aura, and it's an electronic photo album where they can upload pictures to it, and we can upload pictures, and so we can sit and look. And so some of those things are actually on that. So we are actually looking at things from our yearbook because of that. I have yearbooks I haven't looked at at all, so case in point. There you go. And then... I took them all over to the big dumpster, and uh, that was kind of scary. Yes. I said, I was like, here we go. We're doing it. And uh, so they're gone, and they're not in the garage anymore, and there's not much in the garage but the car and our bikes. <laughs> so uh, that's it's not really a regret. I think it was just a new mindset of thinking yes. how we're going to look at those things and how we're, what we're going to do with them. Well, and I think that that's such an important thing to have in a time of transition is a new mindset. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you realize you can't keep doing things the way you're going to. It's not going to fit into your new lifestyle. And so you're going through a lot of transition. So how did you come to that conclusion that you were going to have to have a mind shift? What was that process like for you? Um, I've always been a learner. And I think that's how the painting came about because I was like, okay, this is something new for me to learn how to do. I'll have to figure it out and learn some new skills here. Um, but I've always been a learner. I've always been interested in, in change. Change is not, I'm a this person. This is perfect for you then. <laughs> I say, I'm not, uh, when things change, it doesn't bother me. To me, I look at it and always have, oh, this is a new adventure. I'm going to get to learn something new. I'm going to get to do something different than I've done before. And, um, of course, I'm in, I am married to the adventure man. He knows I call him that. But, uh. <laughs> Because Bill is older than I am, but he is like a young man because he always wants to go and explore and do and try out new things, and um, he wants me to come along with him. And so this has been perfect for me because there have been a lot of changes. In a matter of two years, our world kind of changed a Almost lot Almost everything ways. completely. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's been a good change. Even when we were working from home, during COVID, we really flourished as a couple during that time. 
And again, we live in less than a thousand feet. And he was doing teams meetings and that kind of thing. And so we got to where we made little signs and it got to be a real joke that we would just like tape to our shoulder. It said conference call. And <laughs> so I knew I had to be quiet. And um, sometimes I needed to record my lessons for my students. I would actually go out on the back porch. Well, all that's dividing us is a window. So he could see me, I could see him, and I could sometimes kind of hear him, but I would put these big posters up on our window out there and teach from there. But it was just, it was like another adventure. It was a change. It was very different than what I had done before when I had my classroom. And I didn't have my students right there with me when I was teaching because it was hard to give feedback and Mm -hmm. help them and that kind of thing. We were, talk about building a plane as you're flying it. That's what we were doing. Exactly right. And some of it was okay. Um, I think it's probably a lot better now with a year into it. But I'm grateful I did not have to continue to build the plane, Mm -hmm. especially in education and what uh, Mm -hmm. I've seen my compadres have to go through Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Things are still changing. Yes, Mm -hmm. it's still changing. But but I like a good change. (laughs) Well, I love that about you because I think you understand life is short. And if you're going to do all the things, you better get started. You can't yeah. do that from the comfort and the convenience of your couch. You're going to have to make some changes. And so I love that you've embraced that. So what would you say to people who are reluctant to, to change? For some people, it's hard. And yeah. I imagine even for you, it's hard. And you like it. But for people that find change especially difficult, what would you say to them? I've always said I like a good rut also because <laughs> I, I like to know I like to have an agenda. I like, to, or not an agenda, but I like to know what am I doing today? Where am I going? That kind of thing. But I would just say, jump in and just try it. What's the worst that can happen? You find out you don't like it. Then okay. you've learned something new. Exactly. And you know, okay, I'm not going to do it. Or you might find, I didn't know that I could love this so much. I didn't know that I could even do this. And then what kind of joy that you brought to yourself and to your life, I'd just say, give it a try. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes bad things do happen, but then at least yeah. you have, you know, it's I've often said this is either going to be the funnest thing we've ever done or it's going to be a total train wreck. Yeah. Either way, we end up with a good story. Yes. So, <laughs> either way. So um, as, I, as we talk about transition, and sometimes you and I are kind of transition seekers. We like to mix it up a little bit. As much comfort as we take and delight as we take in the routine, which is familiar, and it kind of frees our mind up to do other creative things or our hands are busy doing the normal things. But in a time of transitions, sometimes those get thrust on us. They're not things that we choose for ourselves. And you're talking about some of the transitions that you did choose, but those also happened in the backdrop of transitions you didn't choose. So what would you say to people going through transition who are finding this really hard? Wow. I would say involve yourself with a group of people. You know, if you surround yourself with people who are always negative and speaking that kind of language over you, then it keeps you in that place. But if you surround yourself with people who are positive, People who you admire and you wish, oh, I wish I could do that like them, then be around those kinds of people. Surround yourself with people who have strengths that you don't have because, for lack of a better term, it takes a community. And as a Christian, I believe 
God puts us in community on purpose. He did not mean for us to be out on our own because we're not nice to ourselves. <laughs> no, typically we're not. Yes. I used to tell my students, you know, because being a dyslexia therapist, they work really hard. And, and the reading is just a struggle. And they would attempt things and then be really hard on themselves. And they would say things out loud to themselves. And I would say, hey, hold on just a minute. How many times have you done this? And they're like, well, that was my first time. And I said, Exactly. I said, you know, sometimes the things, if you said the things to your friend Mm -hmm. that you just Mm -hmm. said to yourself, you guys wouldn't be friends. So we have to watch our negative talk. We have to watch what we're putting into our mind. And so I would say surround yourself with people who are positive. Find, for me, it is keeping myself in a Bible study because otherwise I am not going to do the things that feed what I need to be feeding into my into my mind, into my life. And so I would say just surround yourself with people who have those strengths that you admire, things that will help build up what you have because you probably have strengths that they need in their life as well. That is the beauty of community. Probably part of the reason that we're friends. So you, I hear you saying two things here. Um, one, to be involved with people. And I imagine that has been somewhat of a challenge during your downsizing because you don't have place necessarily to entertain or you've given away all of your entertainment things. <laughs> so uh, tell us how that works because I know you have a very active social life. I, I do. We have friends that we met, as a matter of fact, through motorcycling. We had motorcycles and we had gone to Jasper, Texas, of all things, and uh, there was a friend of ours there that always did like a big barbecue and literally motorcycle riders from all over the United States would ride there and spend the weekend. He had land so people would tent out there or go to a hotel or whatever. And we happened to be sitting across the table from this couple. And uh, we got to visiting with them. And what's funny is my husband is fairly introverted and I am not. And so I got to visiting with him, and he always tells people, he says, well, you get them started, and I hook them. So, there you go. <laughs> teamwork <laughs> so we make makes a good team. Work. Yes. Um, <laughs> and we were just sitting across the table, so we were asking, so where do you guys live? Where do you ride? That kind of, and we found out they live not too far from us. I mean, they were in Plano. We were in Irving at the time. And so Bill said, we should meet for breakfast sometime. We should just do a ride to eat just for us. And so we started doing that. And that became an every Saturday event for us. And we were riding out to small town USA, you know, two or three hours away and eating for lunch or whatever. Yes. And uh, then when COVID hit, we couldn't go to restaurants and that kind. So we would pack lunches. And at that time, then we had convertibles instead of motorcycles. And we would ride all in the country like we did before. And then we would find some little park. And we would just have a picnic. And so we just figured out ways to still be together. We were the only four that saw each other during all of that, probably. And so we would travel a lot together. But we would just find a way to make it work. And now there are friends that come to our place on Wednesday nights. And we have dinner and sit around and talk. And... We go to their place on Saturdays and sit around and talk. And it's just, uh, that's been real helpful to have friends that have just been kind of through the thick and thin with you. 
I absolutely agree. You know, friends have sustained me over difficult times and been there to celebrate the happy moments too. So that's one of the secrets of a, of a happy life, I think, is being surrounded by other, uh, by other people who are enough like you that you, can't, that you have things in common, but right. enough different that they open doors for you to new ideas and, and uh, new ways of doing things. Another thing that you have talked about is being important are shared adventures. Um, so traveling together, doing projects together, being in agreement about what our mutual goals are, and then finding creative ways to meet those, give a little, take a little. Shared adventure seems to be an important aspect of your life. Yes, that is true. Um, because my husband loves toys, <laughs> you know, boys love their toys, uh, we have had lots of different kind of fun vehicles, and um, that helps feed our love for adventure and our love for travel and uh, just open us up to lots of other people who enjoy that as well. I think that's so fun, and you've seen and, and experienced things that you might not have otherwise. And then the third thing that I see that has been important to your life at, through this time of transition is being anchored in truth, surrounding yourself with things that you know are true and people who speak the truth to you. Yes. So would you like to talk about why truth is so important to you? As a teacher, you know, you're responsible for teaching truth to yes. other people. <laughs> and seeing truth, as you were explaining about your students who are struggling, um, when they couldn't see the truth, you could. Mm -hmm. And you could help um, speak true things to them and help straighten up their thinking as they were facing their challenges. But you speak truth to yourself as well. Why is that important? I think it's important can't remember the exact quote, but we're the loudest voice that we ever hear is our own. Mm. And mm. if we're not speaking, I mean, literally, if we recorded the thoughts that run through our minds on a daily basis, and we said those things out loud to someone else, we wouldn't have people around us. I agree. So it's important to uh, speak truth to yourself. And that means what people think about me, what people say about me, may or may not be the truth. But I know what the Bible says to me. And what God says to me is the truth. And that's what I need to focus on. Not everybody's going to like me. Not everybody's going to agree with me. And the same for me about oh, them. Right. But the truth is important to have in your life. Just to give you a foundation mm -hmm. of who you are, whose you are, what's important, and allows you in that doing what you, I feel like God made me to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important in this uh, era where identity seems to be in crisis and people aren't sure who they are and what they're supposed to be doing, what their purpose is, to have truth and to have your life centered and balanced on that, on that strong foundation is so important. And I think that's also a key to happy life. Well, as we wind up our program today, is there something you hope our listeners will see more clearly as a result of our conversation? Yes. Transition is just a normal part of life, and we're going to always go through it at some point, some more than others. But I hope that people will embrace that because you really can't do anything about it. So it's kind of that half full, half empty kind of thinking. But I hope that people will be willing to embrace it and willing to just see it as an adventure and see what happens and just go with that. 
I love that. And I love that you're (laughs) able to face that without fear, but with an element of excitement and joy. And that just, it's so fun for me to be your friend and to live your adventures vicariously (laughs) until I have enough courage of my own. So thank you so much for your time today. I certainly have enjoyed that. And I hope our listeners will too. Thank you. Can you think of someone who would enjoy our show today? If so, please share it with them. You can help others find us too by liking, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Visit today's show notes for show highlights, links to recommended resources, including our own, nis.media. I'd love to hear what you have to say, so drop me a line at Kit McCarty NIS on Facebook or at kit at nis.media. And if you'd like to hear more from me, sign up for my periodic newsletter when you're on my site. Special thanks to the production team at Headset Radio and to my friend Becky Salazar for the bumper music. I'm your host, Kit McCarty. See you again soon.